Hello, everyone, and uh, I'm Kyle Reese with Birds on the Black, and I am fortunate today to be joined by Cardinals uh, middle infield, second base, third base prospect, Andy Young. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Kyle. Yeah, well, I guess the easiest way to do this is congratulations on the, the torrid pace uh, and the way you're kind of destroying the Texas League uh, in the last three weeks since being promoted. It's, uh, it's been fun to watch you over the last three weeks. Oh, it's been it's been fun to be here. That's for sure. Uh, the pace of play is a little different in Double A compared to A ball, but it's a lot more fun. That's for sure. There's more more people in the crowd, and feels like baseball again. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the Springfield crowd. I love that. First off, I love that stadium, and that Springfield crowd in particular is a. It's kind of a, a ruckus bunch. Oh yeah, it's so fun. I've I went to a smaller college too, so playing in front of eight thousand people a night is pretty pretty incredible uh those guys are awesome in springfield that fires you up a little bit right oh it's awesome yeah so much fun to play on a, uh, in front of forty thousand fans and in a weekend series it's i've never been a part of a team that played in front of that many people so it's pretty awesome what about like uh going on the road like you guys are in corpus christi right now right yeah does that like can you feel the crowd like turn on you during a game um, a little bit, but it's not really comparable to Springfield, in my opinion. Uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so, uh, you know, I the way I like to do this is I like, because uh, uh, this will be your introduction for the most part. Like, uh, Cardinal fans, just like when I had a chance to interview Evan Mendoza, you know, they, they know a little bit about you. They don't know a lot. So I like to go back and kind of talk about your entire journey. Uh, as, I, as I started researching you, you were actually a pretty highly – uh, successful high school player, like you were Gatorade Player of the Year, uh, and, and you're from West Fargo, North Dakota, right? Yes, yes. Now, how much, I, I would imagine, a player of, of your caliber uh, in high school, you probably, were you scouted pretty heavily? Did you have uh, high or colleges and team, professional teams uh, knocking at your door? Uh, no, actually. I didn't have a single Division One offer coming out of high school. Um, wow. I actually, my first year, I went to an NAI school where my mom and dad both actually went. It's called Jamestown oh. College. And uh, then after that, I ended up um, talking to a pitcher called uh, named Matt Strom. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's up in the big leagues with the Padres right now. He went to my yeah. high school. And he's like, hey, man, you, you really have to come down here, uh, come south and play some baseball. And that's how, how I ended up at uh, Neosho County the junior college in Kansas, and then I just kind of started rolling from there. Yeah, so how how uh, how deep into your your junior season or your junior college season at Neosho did you start getting uh, attention from, like, Indiana State and other colleges? Um, I'd say kind of through the fall. Um, Coach Murray there does a great job of um, kind of advertising his players. Um so there were teams then talking to me. I, I'd say in the fall and watching and um, started talking to some, some bigger schools, went on a few visits, and then that's kind of how I just thought Indiana State was the best fit for me. But without Coach Murray, I don't know if any of that happened. So I'm grateful for uh, Neosho Community College for sure. That, that's great. Now, you, you had a ton of success uh, at Indiana State, too. You were an honorable mention All-American your junior year, right? Um, yes, and then uh, uh, or all conference rather, and then your uh, your senior year, you were a second team all conference, and uh, you guys won the Missouri Valley Conference that year, right? Uh, second place. Ah, 
But did you win the tournament? Was it the uh, NBC tournament that you guys won? We didn't, unfortunately. Ah, bummer. Well, now I feel like I'm a Debbie Downer here. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. <laughs> uh, when uh, when did you start hearing draft buzz? Um, I guess I started filling out some forms after my junior year. Um, I didn't get the call that year, and then senior year, um, I think I had a little bit of a down year, but we're, I was still filling out some questionnaires and talking to a few teams, and I didn't actually know if I was going to get drafted or not, and I just kind of said it's probably going to be a, a last day thing, and. So I just kind of waited and watched for for it to happen and kind of just hoped it would happen. And then, fortunately, it did happen. So that's kind of how the draft process went for me. What uh, what were you doing when you found out that you had been drafted? Oh, I was actually um, – I was back home. We lost um, out of the tournament, so I packed my stuff up and went back to West Fargo. And then I was at a, out on a lake in Minnesota with some friends just hanging out for the weekend and – then I found out and uh, got the call from St. Louis and got the call from uh, my dad and went home and then started getting my stuff together and getting ready to, to head to Florida. Yeah, it sounds like uh, being on a lake with friends would be a really cool place to be when you find out that you've been drafted. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's great, man. Now, uh, you, you enter the Cardinals organization, and you're a 37th-round draft pick. What I'm always interested in is when you enter, do you feel like the world is kind of against you at that point? Like, is that the mentality you take? Or do you feel almost immediately like you're on par, like the organization treats you on par with every other player in the organization, regardless of where they were drafted or how they were signed? Um, I guess for me, I didn't really, and I'm still this way now, I didn't really think about um, other players' performance or anything like that or where they're drafted because I don't think it I don't, I don't think it matters that much I think that yeah. as an individual um, you're gonna perform and you're gonna move up and it really has nothing to do with what guys around you are doing so if you're gonna play well then you're gonna go and if you don't play well you're not gonna go so it really has less to do with them and everything to do with you yeah that's it man um, so you you've played second base and you've played third I know that you played a little bit of outfield and, and short, too. Right now you're playing second base primarily. Is that where you feel most comfortable, or do you like do you like playing all over the place? Um, I kind of like playing all over the place. I'd say I'd, second is most comfortable right now just because that's where I've been playing the majority of my games. But at Indiana State, I played every day at third. So, I, I mean, if I started consistently playing there, I think I'd be just as comfortable. Um Johnny threw me in the outfield in a short season, and that was fun, too. So I I kind of like being able to play wherever, just kind of having the reputation of being a utility guy. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, it, you you started hitting almost immediately upon being assigned in the organization. Uh, I read somewhere where they said that the big, like the big thing for you was they introduced a little bit of a leg kick. And that's how, uh, like, the power really started coming. Was that, the, like, the big, like, uh, springboard for your current display of power? Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, I, I started working uh, in low A with um, Swagger and Donnie Ecker at the time with this leg kick. And it was more of just a creating a better angle for myself um, with my body instead of hitting it. I don't know, more ground balls. I was kind of just up and in, into trying to hit into the gap more and getting that gap power. And then 
when I got more comfortable, they turned into home runs, and I just kind of – I'm still learning how to do it, and I'm still getting my timing down. But that was definitely a, a, a really big thing for my offensive jump. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I'm still learning how to do it, and I, I'm trying to get better every day. But, yeah, just learning learning about that stuff has definitely, has definitely been crucial to my success. Well, keep, keep it going. I have to tell you, uh, of all, like, the right-handed swings in the organization – uh, yours is it's smooth and it's quick and it's through the zone and it just it seems like if you just keep like toying with it a little bit it's going to it's perfect like I I coach a little league baseball team and if I were to pick like a right-handed hitter in the organization yours like that quick swing is what I would teach them as much as possible so uh, oh, that I appreciate it <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's just you know there isn't a, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of wasted motion no no try try to be pretty efficient with it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, the other thing I like to talk about a lot is uh, how damning the Florida State League can be. Could you explain to our listeners and uh, the <laughs> readers just how like much of a wild card the Florida State League is for hitters uh, as compared to pitchers? Oh man, it's it's a tough league um, to hit in for sure. Uh, the pitchers. I mean, I think the pitchers from low A to high. That's a, that's a massive jump, and. Besides that, the fields are they're all big league spring training parks and they're they're pretty pretty big parks with that Florida breeze coming off the ocean and heavy air, so it's it's tough to tough to really drive a ball there. You have to get all of it to, to even scrape it over the wall, so it's it's a it's a tough league for sure. Yeah, the, those games are they're frustrating to watch as a fan. Uh, a lot of the games aren't on MILB TV that or TV. So what ends up happening is you, you wait for a game to be in, like, Bradenton or something, and when you watch those games, yeah. you guys, some of you guys unload on baseballs, and they just, like, die midair. Yeah, yeah, and Bradenton, believe it or not, it's one of the best spots to hit in the league. So <laughs> that could be frustrating, too. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, you know, I thought, I thought for sure that you would start the year at Springfield. You had, uh, you had really good success at Palm Beach when you got promoted there last year. You struggled a little bit at the beginning, but the last two months of the season, you kind of rolled through it. Uh, you're really taking better at bats and everything. And were you a little yeah. disappointed that you didn't start at Springfield? Yeah, I was a little disappointed, but then again, that just kind of goes back to uh, to not worrying about things you can't really control. And if you play, you'll, you'll get to where you want to go. So I kind of just took that mindset moving forward. And there's there's some also some very talented infielders in this organization, so you have to have to see that also. And I was fortunate that I got the chance to play every day in Palm Beach, so I tried to look at the the positive side on it. And uh, the Palm Beach team, we won the first half, so that was an awesome an awesome accomplishment too. So I wasn't frustrated for long, but right out of spring training, I had to had to just kind of reset my mental focus, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, did you did they tell you right at the end of spring training that you were headed to Palm Beach or did you have some kind of like my like did you know beforehand? No, it's pretty much right at the end. I think there was one or two days left of spring training and they, they made their officer, so it's pretty much down to the end. It uh it seems like your mentality upon entering Palm Beach uh this season was perfect because you you were raking from the get go and also uh you know your it seems like you worked on your approach a little bit because your walk rate went up and your K rate went down. Yeah. So for sure. it, was that like the emphasis to start the year at Palm Beach? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was even 
talking to a, a few people in the organization that says that they would like me to be a little more efficient with my at-bats. So and so I really tried to work on that with the uh, – um, still going back to the those angles and the, the leg kick, um, incorporating that in the offseason and becoming more efficient with it, not just an all-or-nothing swing. I wanted to be more of a – see the ball, know the zone going into this year, and I, I felt like I did that pretty well at the beginning of the year, so I was good. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's showing. And even watching you uh, at Springfield these last couple of weeks, it, you can tell the difference in approach. It, it's obvious. Like, it seems like you have a better idea of what is going on. Uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so explain to me the difference so far that you feel uh, between what's going on in the Texas League and uh, what you felt in, like, the Florida State League as far as how pitchers are kind of attacking you. Yeah, that's actually interesting. Um, there's there's a few sequences difference I noticed. Um, pitchers are just more more mature. They're more, I'd say, uh, refined. They throw more of their pitchers where they want to, and they almost they almost have a how they pitch, it's almost like the obvious pitch um, won't get thrown even if, like, um, even if it's the pitch that you probably should get in that situation. For example, like a, a runner on second, no outs in the Florida State League, you probably see, uh, with no on first, you probably see a breaking ball, heavy breaking ball in that situation. That, and that's kind of the obvious sequence. And then in Springfield, you'll get more pitchers that'll just blow you up with an inside fastball just because it's not the obvious option, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah, kind of the, the biggest difference. Trying to keep you on your toes a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, uh, speaking of blowing you up with inside fastballs, they've been, they've hit you quite a bit to start your time at the Texas League. Yeah, I know. It was in the Florida State League, too. I don't know why. I must, I must be making funny faces or something. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get you off the plate, and it, it doesn't really seem to be working. No, I don't know. I just, I dig in, and I can't move. I throw it. I mean, so it's pitching. I don't know how many hit-by pitches I have this year, but it's got to be up there. Yeah, you know, I uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was already, like, past 20. It might have been, like, 24. I think you've already been hit 24 times this year. Jeez, that's nuts. Yeah, but I, I think that that's a good indication that, you know, uh, you're, you've are you left an impact. What you're doing is left an impact on, on pitchers. You know, they're, they're trying to trying to come in on you a little bit. And it's yeah. it's funny to me because – your your path this year was similar to what like Randy Arozarena went through last year. You know, he started at Palm Beach, and then when he got promoted at about the same time, they started hammering him inside on fastballs uh, with fastballs and breaking pitches uh, at the get go, and he struggled with it. So it's 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 kind of an indicator to me uh, how well you're handling it. It's like that's a really really positive sign. So keep yeah, that up thank too. You. Thank you. What uh, what area are you like working on the most right now? Like, is is there a part of your game that you're not particularly happy with that you think, all right, now it's time to like take this seriously? Not to say you weren't taking it seriously beforehand, but what's what's yeah. that aspect of your game? You know, it's kind of just it's the swing is just it's just a day to day battle in in pro ball. Like, you just have to be able to to, to go in your cage and you can be crushing the ball for two weeks and then it just you lose it for a game, and it's just you got to stay on that every day and just all the different feels you have and the mental approaches. I would say that's the biggest thing that I've, I was concentrating on already, but it was even more. I'm still um, – I'd say that's the biggest thing I'm thinking about. But, yeah, 
Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it, it's uh, it's a long season, and I'm sure it's it's easy to get caught in your own head a little bit. Yeah. One thing I've always been curious about, you have the promotion mid-season from Palm Beach to Springfield, and a lot of times you guys are like three deep in a in a uh, apartment somewhere. How does how does that work? Like, uh, you get the promotion to Springfield. Do you already have a couple people you can move in with and and live with, or you know, how does that work? Just like the living dynamic, moving mid-season from one level to the other. Yeah, this year you know, I actually got fortunate. Uh, my friend Sam Tavis, his brother actually lived in Springfield. Ah. Lives in Springfield, so I got to I got to move in with him, and um, I got my own room and didn't have to pay rent, so I was extremely fortunate. But most guys aren't that lucky, and they, they kind of have to just move in with whoever went up because you know the system really moves. Normally, it uh, correlates with something else going on, so you can get dropped into a pretty interesting situation if the guy that went up is <laughs> in the house with four other guys. That's for sure. Yeah, that's. I wouldn't call that ideal. That's probably the opposite of ideal. No, exactly. Uh, you like again. You guys are at Corpus Christi. Uh, that means your games is like seven o'clock tonight, right? Yes. What What time do you think you'll get to the stadium for a seven o'clock game? Um, the bus is at three fifteen, so probably right after that, and then we'll just hang out for a little bit. Um, probably hit in the cage, and then start the game. Do you have any like pregame rituals, like you eat the same food or wear the same underwear or anything like that? Oh <laughs> uh, man, um, I, I wear the same sliders, but I don't think it's a ritual. I think it's just the only pair to have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll get in the cage and everyone has their uh, pregame cage routines and stuff like that, and they're kind of unique. And if it works for a while, you can see guys getting superstitious with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, living arrangements. Uh, in uh, in college, your roommate was uh, Hunter Owen, right? Yes. Do you still have contact with him? Oh, absolutely. I was talking to him every day. About the, uh, and last year, he was in low end. I always told him, about, told him about the Florida State League and stuff. And this year, he's kind of experiencing it. So it's, it's good to have friends like that that can uh, kind of help you out and tell you about the league and stuff like that. Oh, I'm I'm sure, especially entering the Florida State League, that you're a big help to him. Yeah, I hope uh, so. Do uh, do you guys ever joke around about him being part of the Pirates organization and you being part of the Cardinals organization or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we, we joke about it sometimes, just talking about potentially playing each other and in, in the big leagues and stuff like that, being kind of division foes, right? Yeah. So we talk about it, but it's pretty. Pretty lighthearted and in A-ball, but we still talk about it. Yeah, that's. I would imagine that it's it's really great to have like that kind of support system, and you know, being able to joke around when uh, when something can get tense. It's probably nice to have that. Oh, absolutely. So you guys don't get much downtime. You know, it seems like you're always traveling, and you have five game sets and four game sets. What do you like to do with your downtime? Um, I don't know. We just kind of hang out with each other and play cards and kind of talk. And I guess the other day in, in San Antonio, we had an off day. A bunch of the guys went to Six Flags and uh, Sea World. So when we get when we get an off day, we'll kind of do stuff like that. But otherwise, it's just it depends where you are. I mean, when we're at home, maybe we'll have a little more freedom to do stuff. But when we're on the road, we kind of just 
have a morning wait or go out to eat and then we're at the field almost all day. Yeah, when I when I talked to Evan Mendoza, he mentioned something about like that was when Fortnite was really big, and yeah, he was talking about trying to trying to steal away time to play Fortnite. Yeah, he's he's big into it, and I know a bunch of guys still are big into it. I I play a little bit, but I'm not as big into it as they are. <laughs> yeah, I I imagine that there's a there's a lot of like down like if you have downtime, you probably try to spend that time recovering as much as possible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, that's uh, that's about all I have for you. Um, is there, I, I, you know, I asked you beforehand, but is there anything that has stuck out to you in particular uh, about your minor league journey that might surprise people? Is there anything that you think, man, I don't think that people would know this about the minor league grind? No, I don't know. I think I think there's a lot that people don't know about the minor league grind. I think it's it's a pretty unique uh, system that you really got to dive into to understand. But no, I mean, just, just the playing every day and the difference in pro ball and in college ball can really, um, really develop you as a player, I guess. It's just a different, it's a different animal. It's a different beast pro ball than anything else. Do you guys keep a close eye on what the Cardinals are doing? Um, that's, that's interesting. I think some guys do more than other guys. Um, I'm kind of more on the end where I don't look at stats. I don't look at other mm-hmm. other teams and the organization's stats. I really don't. I don't know. I just I don't think it matters that much. But there are guys who I know after games are online looking at looking at stats on the other teams and looking at the Cardinals, um, how they're playing, how their pitchers are doing, and stuff like that. Uh, but that's not really that's not really my thing. What's what's been your favorite thing so far about being a minor leaguer? Oh, definitely just the guys I've met. I've met some some of my best friends in pro ball, and just I mean, if you're with these guys as much as we're with each other, you're you're bound to make some pretty great relationships. So that's definitely been the best part for me. What um you know you guys you hopefully you guys have a playoff push here uh, in you for the last couple of weeks of the season. But when yeah. you get to the off season, do you already start planning uh, your plan of attack for the 2019 season? Are you, is there any downtime plan, or are you, are you just going to go after it head first, hardcore? No, oh, yeah, that's, I've been planning that. So I'm going to try and stick with the same plan I've been doing. I'll probably I'll go back to uh, to West Fargo and I'll take a few a few weeks off, let the body rest, and then after that I'll jump right back into the weights and the and that stuff and. And then I'll get it rolling. I'll start. I'll start going. You uh, do you think? And I'm sure you don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. This is just like a thought that came to my mind. The reason that you might not have gotten like very much attention uh, when you were in high school. Do you think that was because you're from North Dakota and that like it's a cold weather state? Do you think that's kind of why you were overlooked? Yeah, I do. I, I think there's a lot of good players up there actually that get overlooked because obviously with the snow and. Um, they have a really short high school season, and the stats are really skewed. If you if you look at some of the stats from some of the guys, people are hitting 500, and it's just I think it's hard for people that evaluate baseball players to get a good evaluation on those numbers. And for the, the short amount of time they get to see them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andy, thank you again so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to talk to you. We wish you nothing but the utmost success, uh, continued success, because you've been incredible, especially since your time you started in the Texas League. But we wish you continued success, and uh, you're a gentleman. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me.
All right. And, uh, again, Kyle Reese of Birds on the Black, thank you for listening, and have a great day.